Welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast, Conversations with a Cause, with social entrepreneur Safraz Ali. Saf came relatively late to entrepreneurship after working in both the public and private sectors. He coined a phrase that describes what he does as the mad entrepreneur that's make a difference entrepreneurship. As well as being the author of the Canny Bites books, Saf's business interests cover health and social care, business and corporate events, as well as him being the CEO of Pathway Group, a welfare-to-work and skills provider. In these podcasts, he shares his thoughts with journalist Adrian Kibler. So, let's join the conversation. Welcome to Canny Conversations with Safraz Ali. This Canny Conversation aims to bring you a canny conversation with a cause. Conversations that will captivate your curiosity cannily. And this time, Saf, we're going to talk about the mindset. We're going to talk about what gets people into entrepreneurship, why they decide to go into business and what are the pitfalls that they perhaps need to be aware of? Um, some people go into business to be rich and successful. Some people go into business because they want to make a difference. And let's be honest, a lot of people go into business kind of by accident, perhaps because it's something they decide to do when they've had a redundancy or perhaps they're looking for a career change. So so just talk me through your story. How, how did you decide to change from working in the, in the corporate world to running your own show? I think the first thing that I'll say is that there's no right or wrong here. It's whatever is, you know, whatever is right for that individual, the person. Uh, from my pers- personal sort of journey or story, I wouldn't regard myself as a, a natural entrepreneur. Uh, so it's more of an unnatural entrepreneur than anything else. I'm an introvert by nature. And I'm happy to claim that I'm an introvert. You know, I don't, I don't feel that I've got the gift of the gab or I'm, I'm out there pushing myself or any, you know, salesy type person. You hear many people, uh, many stories who, who people talk about, well, they used to sell lemonade at school. They used to wheeler dealer. They used to sort of, you know, it's all this moving and shaking stuff that they used to see. They, see, they saw the opportunity, they seize the opportunity. I'm probably the sort of guy that, you know, used to buy the lemonade from the entrepreneurs rather than the person that made the lemonade as an example. That's a Gary Vaynerchuk Pacific story that he used to, he used to sell lemonade and then he used to sell something else and so forth. So I wouldn't say entrepreneurship was something that I, it wasn't part of uh, my sort of climate, the people that I, that I was with, my father and so forth. We were all specifically, you know, the, getting the, uh, it was a little bit about education. It was about survival. It's about managing on a day-to-day basis. We weren't thinking business or entrepreneurship. It was about whatever the next step is that year is in terms of passing your grades and so forth. So from that perspective, I, I had no real ambition to start a business or or look at entrepreneurship. Uh, and I was following a trait of getting a good job, a decent job. That, that was my ambition. Maybe I was a late developer, but, you know, I started looking at myself and life and evaluating and, and, and getting to know myself really a little bit more. And then I thought, you know, I can do more and I can be more and, and I can achieve more. You know, how do I go and do that? I felt there was a little bit of a glass ceiling. So, you know, there's an element of if, uh, if you want to achieve more, how do you do that? And you, you know, I want to do it on my own terms. And a lot of it, this is about freedom choice. So that was my journey. It was a little bit of disappointment in terms of is this all it is, you know, I'd never really had massive ambition. It was just a case of there's an element of frustration 
Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, how, how important do you think it is the reason why someone becomes an entrepreneur? Because, you know, if you're somebody, for example, an excellent garage mechanic, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be brilliant at running a garage business. I mean, how important do you think it is the reason that you decide to go into business? Because a lot of people who are excellent technicians do think that because they are good at doing something, they can actually be successful at running a business. And and it's not quite that simple, is it? It can be, but in in, in most cases, it's not. I think there's a lot of ingredients and, and you, are, you are quite right. Just because you're a good technical person or a good manager doesn't make you a good entrepreneur. And I also say at the same time, an entrepreneur and, and, and a business owner and a business investor are different things as well. So there's an, there's an entrepreneurial mindset, there's a manager mindset, there's also a technician mindset. And it's really being able to understand your sort of superpowers, what your strengths are. Entrepreneurship predominantly is about ideas initially. It is about ideas. It is about thinking differently. It's about being inquisitive. It's about creativity. And it's about making things happen. And usually that's through people. And it's being able to persuade, influence. And one of the key traits for an entrepreneur is that they've got to be able to sell, sell themselves first. And if you're not able to sell yourself, then I think you're going to struggle. And in my eyes, in my view, the sales aspect of it is is absolutely key. Yeah, I mean, one of the other things I I suspect, Seth, um, that people and perhaps we would we'd, we would be failing if we didn't, was provide some kind of reality check uh, and remind people that for every Michelle Moon, every Peter Jones, every Alan Sugar, every Richard Branson, you know, um, there are others who are going to find life very, very difficult. And I don't know what the figures are. It depends where you look. But, but the general acceptance seems to be that when a business starts up, the likelihood of it still being viable in three years' time is is less than 50%. So what are the sort of caveats that people need to sort of consider when they're starting? Because, you know, this isn't for everybody a, a route into fame and riches, is it? it? It can be damned hard work and often for a long period for not a lot of money. Exactly so. Well, I think I think there's been, and we've 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 discussed it many many times when we've had conversations. You know, failure is the norm, unfortunately, within within business. And you know, we all hear about the success stories and the big success stories, but failure we've got to really appreciate is the fact that that's norm. And there's different levels of failure. Failure in terms of not hitting targets or not hitting in terms of the goals, but also failure, absolute failure with regard to closure of businesses as well. And there's different grayness to the failure, different variations to the failure. And the same way with success as well. You know, you've got different variations. So it's not just one aspect to it. But what I would also say, and we were just discussing this as well in terms of the mindset. The mindset is one aspect of it. The motivation is part of it, but it's also skill. It's like, you know, a lot of people talk about mindset and motivation, but what they sometimes forget is the skills that are needed to actually grow that business. Just by thinking about it or believing it doesn't make it happen doesn't make it realize or it doesn't happen because of that. So there's a lot of ingredients, but you've got to start with yourself in terms of understanding what your strengths are, what your super strengths are, what you're good at and what you need to be doing. We need to remember the fact that uh, no, there's no business without customers. You know, that's your first thing. How do you go about attracting customer or your first customer? And your first customer more than likely is going to be that 
customer, the you as the entrepreneur, as the driver of that business, go and get. So if you're able to go and get your first customers, then you're on your journey. But then it's about the next phase of that journey. How do you actually deliver the services? You know, how do you nurture the relationships? How do you ensure the fact that, you know, you can move it from a self-employed system where you're actually now working in the business to having a business. Our definition of a business is a commercial profitable enterprise that works without you. So how do you make yourself be in a position where it's not all on you? Yes, it is about you, but it's all it's not all on you. So this is about then, you know, having people and every business, in my view, can't call it a business if you if you don't have people. Otherwise, it's a self-employed situation. You've got a, a job, effectively. You've got a self-employed, you've got a lifestyle set up. It may be a business in, in terms of the entity, in terms of a company, but it's not a structure of a business which has people that are have got roles, responsibilities, have got certain duties. And there's an infrastructure. Yeah, I've been talking about mindset, but you've set me on a bit of a, a bit of a hobby horse because positivity is a, a wonderful thing and, and it's great to have a, a, a can-do attitude. But positivity isn't a cure-all of itself, is it? You know, we've all known the most positive people around who've had cancer and they've still died. We've all known the most most positive people in businesses, but those businesses have failed. So whilst a positive mindset is obviously a great thing to have, and I'm not not knocking it, I think the point you're making, Sav, is that it, it that in itself is not enough. Let's talk about some of the reasons why businesses are successful and some of the reasons why they fail. I mean, it's obviously, you know, there are a, lot, there are a list of reasons why businesses fail, but in your experience, what are the, the biggest reasons why they don't work? Customers is the first thing in terms of lack of customers or not enough customers or the not right, the not, not the right sort of customers. You know, pricing comes into that. Uh, the type of customer comes into that. The whole customer journey, customer experience. There's a whole aspect of customer acquisition, customer retention, customer maximization element to it. You know, as I said, no business is a business without customers, and you've got to be able to look back at the type of customers that business has. But if I go back to the people aspect of it, the key thing for me is in terms of entrepreneurial mindset, it's very similar to a leadership mindset. Leaders, entrepreneurs think about people. They think about the who. Uh, If you think about, you know, you talked about technical mindset or, or, you know, somebody who's a technical or, you know, manager mindset, they focus on more about the how, the what, and maybe the why you know, in terms of the planning. And most entrepreneurs that, I, that I'm that i aware of focus mainly on who can I talk to, who can I speak to, to get this done? And how do I go about getting that done? And they transact their business, their operations through people. So they're thinking about transforming where managers are thinking about transacting and you've got to get that right balance, doing the right thing or doing things right. Do you see people as assets or do you see people as liabilities? You know, what's your main focus? What are you obsessed about? So again, entrepreneurs, leaders, what they find is that they're obsessed about certain things. They're thinking about it day and night and then they find answers as a result of that. So there's an element of dedication there's an element of slight obsessiveness. They're trying to problem solve whatever that is. And really, are they in both fitting? You know, are they really uh, focused on the outcomes, focused on getting the results, problem solving to the nth degree in terms of 
overcoming whatever the obstacles are. So key is about adapt, adaptability, resilience comes into it. These are the, some, of, some of the traits. But it's also about going out and asking for help, talking to people and really understanding your strengths, understanding areas that you need to go and get assistance with and really being able to position yourself to persuade, to influence, whether that's persuade and influence for somebody to assist you, whether that's mentoring or whether to assist you in terms of signposting or directing or whether it's giving you an opportunity. And I think, you know, really playing to your strengths what happens in my view is that people move away from what their core strengths are trying to do other things. And when they start doing other things, they lose, lose focus in terms of, you know, what their uh, advantage is and, what, and how to get that competitive advantage and how to play to their competitive advantage. Yeah, I mean, I think the message I'm getting from all this is that uh, one of the most important things to do is, is to be honest with yourself from the outset and say, what sort of person am I am? What makes me tick? Because we've got this idea, haven't we, that kind of technicians are at the bottom of the pile, then you've got your managers and then you've got your leaders. And I, I don't know whether you agree, but I, th- I think that's a bit of a pity. You see, and you may well have some some examples of this, we all know, you know, the, the, the brilliant teacher who's great with kids who then gets promoted to head of department and then eventually becomes a head teacher, which is essentially a managerial role. And and actually they're not doing what they're really good at and often not, not happy in the job. I mean, in the health service, you know, I know a lady who was a brilliant GP. She then got a senior managerial role within the NHS and it was really a very bad time for her. And now she's back doing what she wants to do and that's making people well. So it is really is about do you not agree being honest sometimes with yourself? And maybe sometimes that means saying, look, I'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur. I think for people, it's also about the emotional awareness, emotional intelligence, being emotionally savvy. It takes sometimes a lifetime for us to understand ourselves. This is the the, the key here in terms of understanding what your superpowers are. And sometimes it's about understanding what you don't like that's probably sometimes easier as a process of elimination. So this is not something that I can do or this is not something that I enjoy doing. And that will get you to situations where the ideal is that, you know, you've got something that you do enjoy doing, uh, something that you're good at. And at the same time, it's commercial as well. Uh, that's utopia. That's where you want to strive to, you know, if you get to get the balance right. You know, I've seen many people where they're in jobs where, they may be good at, you know, it might be a super strength for them, but it might not be commercial or the way they're doing it isn't, isn't commercial. So it's getting that balance right. And people do certain things for situational purposes, for other aspects of it. Sometimes it's peer pressure. Sometimes, you know, it's the environment. The environment normalizes you. People say to you, you know, you, by, by this age, you should be here, but, you know, you should be doing this, this, this. You know, we're in that environment where all of that affects us. So honesty with ourselves, obviously, I'm, absolute but it's also got to filter out certain aspects of it so you have, you've got to listen to yourself listen to others but possibly don't listen too hard i've sort of been looking at some of and thinking about some of the the attributes that i would would associate with a successful entrepreneur and, and i'd you know i wonder what you think about some of these and how you'd list them in level of importance I, i've met very few successful entrepreneurs that haven't been fairly self-confident as people uh, with a fairly optimistic outlook. Um, I think one of the cores, nobody is ever going to make money unless they're prepared to take a risk. So willingness to take risk, willingness to be driven, 
resilience, obviously, the ability to cope with stress, you know, the willingness to take hard decisions at times and and also, you know, the ability to let go because a business will only get to a certain point if the you know the founder and the boss isn't prepared to, to let go of some of the decision-making to, to other people. I would agree with all of that. I think what I would also add is courage, bravery. Maybe it sounds a strong word, but you've got to have the courage of your beliefs. You've got to have the courage to be able to go out there and, and in some cases make a fool of yourself. I mean, you've got to have the courage to take a risk. You've got to have the courage to, you know, to b- believe in your beliefs and, and actually tell people, overcome the obstacles, make the right calls and not have the fear of not missing out, but also fear of things can go wrong. This doesn't take away from planning or mitigating risks, but you've got to have some element of courage to to go for things, courage to pick up the phone right. and do that now as opposed to waiting on certain things i'll do it when the time is right i'll do this i'll do that action when this happens or that happens i'll send an email out and if they don't respond in two weeks time then i'll follow up it up sometimes you just need to go for it and it's that just do it mentality just going for it mentality just the courage of putting yourself out regardless of how people might think or perceive and what we do is we self-sabotage we self-sabotage ourselves to say you know what what are they going to think What is X person going to think by me chasing him up every day? They're going to think I'm desperate. They're going to think, you know, he's got nothing else to do. They're going to think this, this, this. And it's also when you go into that, they're going to think, you know, how am I going to be perceived that you limit yourself? And sometimes you need to go for it and you need to go for it with the whole dedication, the fact that your life depends on it. And we sometimes, even with negotiation, we sort of meet people halfway. We sort of try not to upset people. You know, we we try and keep everything on a, on a level where maybe we could have driven more. Maybe we could have done more with it. I think we sometimes stop ourselves. So that's one aspect of it. Definitely in terms of what you were saying about uh, resilience, adaptability, these are all traits. You know, you've got to be adaptable in this world. You've got to be able to stay relevant. You've got to be in a position where you've got to change with the times and you've got to understand that that that's absolutely key. Uh, Being systems and process led, understanding the fact that sometimes you've got to let the systems do the work, the processes do the work, understanding the fact that it's got to be a structure. You know, again, you know, it's about being emotionally aware, emotionally savvy, emotionally intelligent, but you can't forget things like honesty, integrity, building relationships, trust. You know, how do you build trust? There's There's many traits there, you know, there's character, credibility, but it's also raising awareness, you know, you've got to market yourself. So there's all of these ingredients that come into it. And it's really understanding what is it that's going to be the key four or five things that, uh, you know, you're going to focus on. And, and I think that's, there's a, there's, a, there's many ingredients. And, and I think it's a topic that, you know, we could be debating for, for hours and hours. You raised a couple of interesting points there because I've known you for for a number of years and and I'm going to ask, you know, of all those qualities for entrepreneurship, uh, I wonder which one you find most difficult and I'm going to to suggest to you that you're actually, Saf, you're naturally a a very modest chap and I suspect that you're somebody who sometimes have those moments of self-doubt and perhaps not always rimming with self-confidence and I'm just wondering whether that's the most difficult thing and I'm also 
I've also picked up on what you said about the importance of honesty. And there's a very prominent brain surgeon, and he was being interviewed once, and he said, and they, you know, they said, what do you tell a patient before they have a major operation? And he says, well, I, I tell them what I'm going to do, explain it as best I can. I tell them what the potential benefits are. And I also tell them that failure is entirely possible. So, you know, whether if you're having a major brain operation, whether that's quite what you want to hear, I'm not sure. But from your perspective, what are the most difficult aspects in terms of the sort of person that you are and being entrepreneurial? I mean, I'm naturally an introvert person, you know, and and very reflective. Uh, I like to think I'm reflective. I feel I can connect with people. You know, I'm generally kind-hearted. I, I generally like people for their for themselves. Uh, very rarely would you see me being judgmental or judging people for making certain decisions and so forth. So I like I like to give people space. I like working with people who are naturally kind-hearted, live within a culture of kindness, and I want to see people grow. That's where where my strength is. In terms of, can I inspire people? In certain circumstances, I have, and I do. But I've got to think about it. I've got to be natural. I've got to be authentic. You know, if I'm trying to be something that I'm not, people see through that. And people attune and, and can pick up when somebody is natural, talking in their normal voice, or somebody's play acting. People have that natural sort of sense of picking that up. And in some cases, you've got to be open. You've got to share your vulnerabilities. And you've got to be in a position where you've got to do things for the right reasons. And I think if you're striving towards that, if you're generally trying to do it for the right reasons, then you can overcome certain things. And from my personal perspective, it's taken me decades and decades for me to even be able to sometimes look people in the eye. It's, you know, I'm just naturally a shy guy. And it's taken a while, you know, now to get used to listening to my own voice. I'm, I'm uncomfortable in terms of the accent that I have or the voice that I have. And and these are things that are fears that, that are there. But because I'm getting more comfortable in my own skin and maybe because I'm, because of age, that's a big part of it. But also, the more you read, the more you listen, the more you sort of observe others, you, you sort of grow. And I'm on a sort of a lifelong journey. I want to grow. I want to develop myself and I want to stretch myself. And, and not to the point where, you know, you talk about comfort zones where it's mild comfort. Still within my comfort zone, but keeps stretching some more, you know, a little. If you say to me, you're going to do a speech in front of a thousand people, that's my scare the living daylights out of me. But if it if it's smaller steps, then and I can work towards that, and I can see a path towards that, then you know I'm I'm naturally saying yes now to opportunities, just to speak, to write, to be part of interviews and so forth. I wouldn't have thought about that uh, even a few years back. So it it is really about challenging yourself and and constantly looking to grow as a person, grow um, as an individual. Uh, on all different levels. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, you make some good points there. Let me, let me just tell you something because I've, I've been in this game for a few years, you know, uh, broadcasting game. Uh, very few people like the sound of their own voice. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the most popular people and, and, and best people on TV and radio, you know, they cringe when, when they listen to themselves. So don't worry about that. Uh, the other thing that, that I found quite interesting was, and you know, you talk about how you, you know, find it challenging if you do ask to do an interview or speak to a, a hall of people. I'm actually 
totally different. Uh, if you put me in front of a television camera on or a radio microphone, which I've, you know, I've done a lot of in the past on national television and radio, I'm not bothered. If you put me in a room of people, then I can feel quite awkward about starting up conversations with others. So that's that's interesting because we're all so different. Is that the one thing, is there anything you'd like to change about yourself? If I, if I gave you a magic wand and said, look, this is one, you can do one thing, Saf, that can change a weakness or something that you perceive as being a problem, what would you change? And I'm conscious about this myself as well. And I, and I uh, for me, it's about staying focused uh, and not getting distracted. And it's, this is the avoidance of the, you know, the shiny, shiny thing, you know, looking for the new, next opportunity or the new opportunity. And sometimes it takes a long while. It takes a, a different, it takes a, you know, we underestimate or overestimate certain things. You know, we have a certain plan or a certain thought in our own mind and it doesn't happen to the way we planned. And then we, you know, start getting restless, start thinking about something else. And I think for, from my perspective, I've tried to stay focused. There is no currently a plan B, you know, this is what my focus is. This is what, you know, what I'm going to do. And I'm going to explore all avenues until I know one way or another, you know, what we're going to do. So sometimes, yeah, quitting might be the right, right thing, not quitting because we've got, because we've hit a barrier or, you know, there's a small obstacle or the fact that, you know, it's become a little bit harder or we've not hit our metrics or whatever we had. So really staying focused dedicated to what the plan is and really staying on that course. Consistency is king. Consistency is key. And for me to remain consistent in whatever approach, like as an example, we've got this podcast now, you know, if I'm not doing the podcast in a year from now, then I do need a, a talking to Adrian because I need to stay consistent. Whether, you know, this is one of the reasons why, you know, I said to yourself, you know, let's do you know, series one, and then we'll come back and do series two and so forth. And we can progress and carry on. But what I didn't want to do was initially commit to doing something that I feel that I'm not going to be able to carry on with because I've got other priorities or my priorities change or whatever. So, so it's about understanding yourself and putting that into a bite size. So I'm committed to 10. This is the time that it's going to take us. Then we'll have a break. We'll reflect on it. We'll think about it. And then we'll come back, you know, taking on board people's comments reflecting and improving constantly, you know, small incremental improvements. So consistency, being aware of, you know, how your mind thinks and how your attention is the key thing. And we're all in the, in the game of getting other people's attention. And for me, it's that consistency, uh, sticking with it, not necessarily looking to uh, move on to other things too quickly. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you were a racehorse, I, I think you, you might win the Epsom Derby, but you would need a pair of blinkers. You'd be a racehorse that would need blinkers on. But the focus point is a very good one. And it's also a very good point to curtail this canny conversation with a cause. Most important of all, of course, to thank people that are listening. And if you have, thank you very much. We'd love you to subscribe so that you get regular updates. And we'd like you to review. And if you can do that for us, we'd be very, very grateful. And um, catch up at your convenience. Thanks for listening to this Canny Conversation with a Cause. These conversations are based upon the Canny Bites books by Safraz Ali, available on Amazon. To find out more, go online and visit Saf's website, pathwaygroup.co.uk, or join him on social media. He can be contacted at safraz at pathwaygroup.co.uk. 
This is a 1386 audio production. 